0: Welcome to another episode of Rime of the Frostmaiden uh, with my good friends. Everybody knows me. I'm Gonzo. Uh, Becca, of course, is our dungeon mistress. And we have Jackie, Mizzy, and Josh coming to play again. We're on episode four uh, as Becca just shoves a big old piece of pizza in her mouth. And I uh, was <laughs> like, I was going to give it to you until you took a big old bite of pizza. <laughs> um, guys, I will- have thought well, I had more time. <laughs> So we're to, this is episode number four. We are going to take a break after this uh, for the holidays. Uh, and then we'll be back in another, in another week after that. But uh, you will probably get this in like three weeks. So you won't know uh, really that there's going to be a big break. But uh, we're recording this uh, right before the holidays. Um, mm-hmm. So
1: <clears throat> let's get started. Becca, it's all yours. All right. Um, so last session uh, was very dramatic. Our, our party, uh, Gorga and company, managed to broker the kindness of an awakened dinosaur to no longer be attacking the fisherfolk of Bremen. Uh, um, we
0: need a...
1: Fred? Fred the dinosaur. Yes. Sorry, Fred. Fred, Fred the uh, Um The awakened plesiosaurus, who was afraid that he would lose his intelligence, but Staggletooth managed to convince him... That that awakening spell could not be easily re- reversed. Um, we got a little bit of intel about where the the druid who'd originally cast this magic um, was hanging out, and um, you also got a little bit more information about where the demon cultists might be active. Out of um, Cora told you that she she'd placed the accent of uh, of one of them um, as a as in a geographical area. Uh, I, I sent a um a note in the chat to everyone the it's just like a, an image of the the 10 towns if you want to just bust that open and have a look at it If you have that open you can uh i might go over a couple of geographic details just to put some things in context this is uh this is a module that comes with an amazing map set and it is not a digital product it is a physical one and rather than just like Unfold giant maps at you. I'm going to try to send some art assets that give you a little bit more detail. Uh, after dealing with the awakened, um, awakened being, uh, and the the sort of situation that that called for, uh, the party also um, let Tali know about the relationship to. Um, uh the the creature still being alive you, you told the the folks of Bremen that it was it was dead you'd killed it and that the town was free again um and uh Jolene offered you a uh, permanent fare at the buried treasures Cora's place of employ um she's compensating out of the town's treasury and on behalf of Speaker Shalescar she's compensating you um uh, compensating Cora on your behalf uh, for any amount of time that you want to stay here, and also ensuring that Cora is going to get first uh, crack at any catering opportunities or important um, events in the uh, the town that happen in the future, as negotiated by uh, by Gorga and co. Um, Tali uh, now is aware that there's a, a sort of point, a little peninsula area, um, just a little bit further up the coast of Mer-dildon, Um and, and, and in that location, uh, they're going to have some conversations with Fred to learn a little bit more about his species and what he is and, and the, the state of his awakened magic. And Talia was very, very grateful for that, gave you folks some nice rewards. Uh, and you were also notably able to defeat um, Suffolk Keltro, who um, was the serial killer and uh, devotee of the Frost Maiden who's been enforcing uh, a little too gleefully, perhaps, her her cruelty in this part of the world. So I would say you he them... did more than beat him. He got cleaved in twain. He was. He was cleft in twain, absolutely. <laughs> uh, he turned into a, a shell of his his once self and his his eyes were not what they once were. Um, so, having completed Lin's quest, um, the party could certainly now return to Targos to to collect on that uh, that bounty. Um, although evidence uh, is sorely lacking, given that you pushed um, Sevakeldra's Keldra's body into the water where he sank down underneath the ice, um, you could follow up on some of the information uh, about what um, Cora said about her son. Um, uh, But but before jumping into any of those things uh, or before being able to kind of decide where the party wants to go next, you are are nearly accosted over... over an early supper, by this this kind of bundled up uh, woman who rushed into the room, and she said, she she addressed you as as the heroes of the town and 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 demanded implored you for your assistance um, with the Chewingas. Um, and dramatically, the revelation she gave at the end of last session was she thinks they might be dying, and she needs your help.
0: Um, who are the chuingas Do we know?
1: Little um. The little tree creatures, kind of folks. look a little bit like the spirits in Princess Mononoke.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay, so that, that, those were the upside down Christmas tree people that you said. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah, yeah. Upside down Christmas tree. That's a pretty apt descriptor. Okay. I'm gonna have a, a chewing up picture here. Let me.
0: I put the map up on our screen. So if you want to ever talk about it, let me know. So I can. I'll. Uh, I've got to make it. I'll make it visual so people can see it.
1: All right. Here we go. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bust out a screen share for a second here, folks. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, cool. 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 So, I'm just gonna share this. This is the Chewingas, the little images that they have. um You've seen some that have worn like 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 pine cones as like. The, the way I say that they're Christmas tree like is they're wearing like a full-on pine cone as like cold weather gear, basically, where they've got like the back of the pine cone kind of as a hat, and the bottom of the pine cone is like a, a long kind of skirted outfit, keeps the snow driven off. Um, but this is the these are chewinggos in their sort of natural form, as it were. So you get a little bit of a sense of their vibe. Sweet. Uh, okay. Um, so she she rushes forward. She gives you this revelation. Um, what what do we do? And she like comes
0: through and tells the Cho- the, the Choingos need our help.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's we're still, still
0: celebrating our victory against Dinosaur and Serial Killer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: As I've got my feet propped up onto the hearth and kind of just, you know, chilled back with some coffee and, you know, warmth, I look over at Gorga I go, it's your company, not mine.
2: I never really claimed ownership.
0: I know he—he he knows this. He's supposed to go do it. He knows it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when we're gonna get paid either. Don't know much
2: about the twanga.
1: Sorry, Josh, you cut out a little bit for me there. Can you say that again?
2: Said I don't know much about the twanga.
3: Um, Staggletooth cuts in and goes, well, you see, I know of these little creatures, but what of them makes any significance to us, whether they live or die? Hmm.
1: I worried that you weren't the the heroes that I was looking for, but... Well, the, I, I don't know much of the Twinga either she turns and kind of looks to Gorga saying that and then looks back to Staggletooth and says um, but, but I know that they've inhabited the Ten Towns for much longer than any of us and they have some power to alter their natural surroundings and I, I worry that that whatever force has caused this endless winter is also causing their eventual demise I don't know if they would have any kind of power to eventually restore the sunlight to us or if they're an essential part of, of the ecology of the world we live in, but I worry that without them we are more doomed even than we are now. And that that's something in the, in the, the magic here, the, the eternal night that the Frostmaiden keeps over the, the towns is, is causing them to slowly disappear. I have not been able to see any in this town.
3: Um, Staggleteeth turns back towards uh, Gorga, um, because he's the presumed lever, and he says, um, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but anything that can bring back any speck of sunlight would be greatly welcomed. As much as I fear the ice maiden and her wrath, I do miss basking in the sun.
2: Well, they say that they haven't seen one in town lately, but was there not one just outside of town a fortnight ago?
0: Oh, was that with that thing that was on the, the hill that kind of like waved at you? and
2: The thing that was on top of the tree, yes. Yeah.
1: The, the woman who approached you, uh, she says, you, you saw one, you saw one. Well, then you absolutely are the heroes who I desperately need to help me with this project. Please, please, I implore you. Well,
2: it kind I, of waved a pitchfork at us and then ran away.
1: A pitchfork,
3: interesting. It was a tiny not... one.
1: Is it possible it was a fork? A fork fork, hmm perhaps well what i'm asking is only this that you track one down and and you you bring it back to me i'll i'll be taking up lodging in the the buried treasures here if if you have a room cora nods quite enthusiastically she says yes 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 we can uh we can absolutely accommodate your stay however long it would be um and uh and and the woman says uh I, I apologize. Let, let me let me first introduce myself. My name is Danica Gray Steele and, and I'm I'm something of a naturalist in these parts. I've done some study of the area and I, I know a little bit of it um, but I don't know enough to, to fix the situation. But having lived here when the sun was here before, and and now living amongst the eternal night, I can tell you this: this is not natural, and and someone has to do something. If you can bring one of the Choangas back to me, um, and and give me an opportunity to, to to study it more closely and maybe converse or communicate with it, uh, I, ideally if it's in a good spirit, that would be ideal. But, um, I would I would i would be careful angering them they they have more power than they may seem if you could do that if you can bring one to me I, I would be happy to compensate you for your time with with all the resources i could muster so you want us to kidnap uh twinga and bring it back oh kidnap no please um only only that you um convince one to come back with you I, I would certainly not want to imprison it I, I, I just oh. want to
2: uh, I uh, do not believe any of us have the ability to communicate with the spirit and I'm not going to wander into nature to accost a nature spirit
1: well they do sometimes come to towns and they have a bit of a playful spirit maybe with some, some fun and games you might be able to convince one to join you for a period of time They love foxes, maybe. Ooh, ooh.
0: We could dress up Staggletooth as a fox and have him jump around out in the snow. I find this idea amusing. That,
1: um, that, that, That could
0: work. You have disguises, don't you? I would be too large and too
3: attractive of a fox.
0: And I'm going to definitely need a picture drawn of Staggletooth in a fox outfit <laughs> bouncing around in the snow
1: from you, Jackie. It's key to know the player's kinks before you get into these
4: situations. <laughs> I'm trying so
3: hard not to become a furry and you guys...
1: Is
4: it, Just is it like your next
3: is
1: level furry if you're a furry and you're furry? <laughs> like,
3: if the furry has a persona. <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's a metaphor. Do you do like a skin Sona as Staggletooth? <laughs> that, that sounds so much creepier when I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> back to Danica. Sorry, that was just I, I immediately
0: pictured you drawing a picture, and Staggletooth is like looking at it in disgust, like you motherfuckers, you made me do it.
1: <laughs> Danica says, "Um, <sighs> I can I can help a little in this endeavor." I give this up a bit reluctantly, but if you're able to accomplish this and bring one back to me safely, not only can I lend you this for the task, but I will even give you this to keep. And she, she reaches into her sort of rucksack and she pulls out a lantern. Um, but the lantern has no flame and no obvious source of heat. And, and it it's not radiating any kind of heat. Um, inside it instead is a small, unusual looking charm a kind of um, like a white stone suspended by a few wires inside the glass held portion of it. She says, um, This is a lantern of tracking. It can be used to track elementals and will glow green in the presence of the Chuanga. It is, <sighs> it is my most prized possession, but it is yours to accomplish this task, for I worry that traveling beyond the city is is too dangerous a prospect for one of my capability at this moment. It, it will burn with oil as well, if needed, but um, its primary purpose is, is the location of these nature spirits and really any sort of elemental.
3: One last question, Maiden.
1: Oh, Maiden. It's been a few years since I've heard that. Thank you. <laughs>
3: What, uh, can we catch them in a jar? Do they need air?
2: I would not recommend that.
1: I won't ask questions if you can get one here, but if it's in a good mood, it might help the work that I'm doing. What what is I the work will... that you're doing? I, I'm studying the Eternal Night, trying to find some solution for the people of the towns. Oh,
0: I, I know what the solution is. We go kill the demons. I I'm sorry. What? We go kill the demons in the demon tower.
1: The oh. is Gorga is um. Is there, is there a, a sort of adventurer's stipend for taking on those who um, aren't quite as uh... well, I'm not sure what the sensitive way to say this is, but is your friend um... Crazy?
2: No. <laughs> he is actually quite accurate in this as you can ask Cora, the owner of this establishment.
1: Cora busies herself in the kitchen.
4: I'm just going to interject that once um Arjun sees the Lantern of Tracking, their attention is pulled towards it and they want to inspect it and see how it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Danica relinquishes the, the Lantern of Tracking to you without too much difficulty. Um, with, uh, with inspection and the use of your tools, taking a few minutes to really kind of understand it, um, it appears in many ways to be a basic lantern, but it also has this kind of magical stone positioned in it. Which is clearly designed to be set off by the presence of elementals, of any kind, um, and you 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 get the strong sense from the lantern that it will function um, in fairly near proximity, um, like maybe three or four hundred feet, something okay. like that, and it it, it it's it's pretty binary in its a process. Like it's not likely to grow brighter with more or larger elementals or when getting closer. So it, it'll give you a good indication, but you might have to do some homework. Very well. Danica says, I, I, I implore you heroes, please do for all of the towns what you did in your kindness for Bremen.
0: How much did we get paid? I can I I offer... I look at Gorga. How much did we get paid?
2: We would have 100 gold pieces waiting for us if you would have not relinquished our entire proof into the sea.
0: I, I think that we could take the blood off of your axe, and, you know, that might work.
2: Uh, this could be the blood of anything or anyone.
0: It's okay. We can make them believe. So, if we got a hundred gold for helping one town, how much are we going to get for helping all the towns?
3: Well, there's ten towns.
0: So, I look over and I'm like, I'm starting to calculate and do like this. Hey, 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 hey. Arjun, what is that? Oh, I was about to say 20,000, but damn, okay.
1: Danica interjects and says, um, Great heroes, if you can among yourselves cure the town of the eternal night, I could certainly take up a collection amongst the speakers and pay you the thousand coins you ask. What I ask is only that you bring me what could turn into perhaps one small clue from the forest spirits. And maybe lead us to understanding what might be killing them off. This task is to the interests of the town, certainly, but folk won't see it quite as such. And it, it will be my only, it will only be to me to compensate you. I, I do travel with some coin and from time to time work as a healer and, and earn a dollar or two. And, and I can certainly do that in the town of Bremen, which by the looks of it needs much healing from the injuries of the monster. Oh, then why don't I you could... just join us, and you can heal us as we go on the adventure.
0: I'm afraid. Ah, I, I, I jab, I jab. See, see, deal worker, deal worker. We'll take ten gold off of that thousand gold for you if you join us.
1: Rather than joining you, I could offer twenty-five gold coins. Is
0: that gonna will that buy us a healer? I'm hurt. Gorgia, <laughs> will that bias a healer?
2: I don't think that will bias a, a person, no.
3: Well, what I have to say about the matter is we have to wait a little bit for the word of our uh, slaughtering of that sociopath to get around to our eventual repair, which means that we do have some time to kill. It seems like we have two options. We can go stay demons, or we can go capture a small creature for 25 golds. A small creature that quite honestly, you could just get with a jar, but don't tell the lady. (laughs) I'm one. Who likes to catch fireflies and for payments, why not?
0: Sorry, I'm so off topic. I just picture my character with a jar of everything, walk around. I got a jar of Illumicles. I got a jar of Elamicles. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I just couldn't help it. go to a Johnny Depp reference on this one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's 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 a choice that you made. I appreciate Sorry. that.
2: Becca, how far out of town was it that we saw that twanga before?
1: Um, less than an hour. Okay. Like halfway to Chagos, basically.
2: So I'll look at the uh, woman that's talking to us, and I'll just be like, "Um, so why don't you just organize like a giant snowball fight or a festival outside of town that will draw the twanga to you?"
1: That's a brilliant idea but i i haven't i haven't seen any of them near the town I, I, and i i think if your plan is to travel amongst the towns and you were willing to take the lantern with you you could um wait until you got to somewhere where you happened to run into one this this wouldn't even have to be that difficult
2: that's more agreeable as long as we don't have to go to it immediately
1: no no of course i i mean we've lived two years under this darkness and I know you have probably more pressing things to do than help us solve the crisis of our civilization. Kill demons.
0: I know, we'll help her. I know we will. I mean, Gorga, hes hes he's got this heart of mush. We're, we're going to go. All right.
1: We'll do it. Jeez. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Kind adventurers. She hands the lantern to Arjun, whose interest has been uh, noted and says, um, please take good care of it. It's a, it's a magical treasure that's been passed down in my family for two generations. Uh,
4: of course, it's such a fine piece should be taken care of.
1: Uh, I'm surprised it's not glowing green. You look something of an elemental yourself, but I'm very grateful for your assistance. Nevertheless, whatever you are. And and thank you to to all of you for the efforts that you're putting in here, and for the the kindness and the goodness that your spirits have brought to the town. She sits down and pours herself a cup of coffee. Cora wanders over with a a beautiful meal, not dissimilar to the one that you were brought first. Uh, she she plates a number of things for everybody, and she she serves Danica a meal as well. Wait, since you're a healer,
0: will you look at this? And I raise up like my robes where I got gassed open by, can, can you look at this? Is this infected as I poke and prod at it? She sort of
1: wafts it a little bit and she's like, um, yes, uh, I, I can look at that. And, and it does smell a, a bit infected. She uh, She reaches into the other side of her little sort of. Melted pouch area. She pulls out some herbs and a sewing kit and she um, begins to go to town. Um, there's like a small, thin, kind of nestly herb that she sort of crushes a little bit, it turns into a bit of a, an ickery goo. She rubs on the surface of the wounds and it, it kind of numbs your skin a little bit. And then she goes to work with the sewing needle at kind of stitching closed the wounds. Um, you recover. Nine hit points. Ooh, I'm into max. It takes her yeah, a few moments, not too long. She's a pretty adept healer. Anyone else oh. have wounds that require attention? See, you should have
0: hired her, Gorga. You should use your awesome, you know, bargaining skills.
2: I suppose I have a few. Gorga, like, moves his his shirt to the side where um, he got slashed by the ice sword. But it looks like the sword actually, as far as, as hard as he was swinging, was just kind of like a scratch.
1: She uh, she wanders over and starts to tend to it. And, and after a moment, she says, um, Ice Nettle normally numbs the flesh. It's uh, It's not really working. The way I'm used to it working. Um, no matter. You look like someone who has a high tolerance for pain. This this might sting a bit. And she tends to the wound uh, unassisted by the the Nettily You uh you recover. Seven hit points.
2: So my wound closes completely,
1: basically. Yep, yep. It's it's very very it's surface, barely even a scratch anymore. Any, any of you two? She kind of looks at Arjun for a moment and says, "Like I, I, think I might have something that could tend to your injuries, although I don't know that I fully understand your anatomy. But that's never stopped us before, has it?"
4: That well, is kind of... fine, kind stranger. However, I can tend to my own wounds. Oh, and I, 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 still, I go off to the corner and pull out my woodworker's tools and start carving away and. Pulling out all the different wounds and pulling myself together, so to speak.
1: Nice.
2: So Gorga kind of uh, points while the monk isn't looking. Points to the monk and then says, "Can you help with other ailments?"
1: Shall I put this delicately? I think it's beyond my skill. I hope. I hope everything works out all right for you, folks. And you're very generous to travel with someone who needs the assistance that he clearly needs.
2: Well, I'm not looking out to travel as of right now, as we've had a very long day. Well,
1: I will. I will join you for supper, and then take my leave of you, and and hope that at some point soon, my my, my quest will be fulfilled by my strong and brave questing knights and a tree and a fox (laughs) she joins you for supper for a few minutes and then she makes a meal of it thanks cora for her hospitality and then she retires upstairs to one of the rooms next to the ones you've been quartered in The, the evening winds down a little bit and you're sipping a kind of um like a slightly sweet port around uh, the fire Cora's brought out anything that anyone wants to drink but she's in in kind of a nightcappy kind of celebratory mood and uh, you know as 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 things are felt pretty felt pretty good so far she says um so my friends where will Gorga and company travel to now
2: what was the town you said that that man's accent was from?
1: Oh, um, well, you know, I I said that the woman's accent seemed like it was from the the shores of Lac There are a few towns on on the shores of Lac Uh Players should see the Exhibit A map. Lac on the uh, the easternmost portion of that map, is the other side of um, uh, Kelvin's Cairn, the sort of mountain. Um, it is. Uh, it is bordered by East Haven, Caer and Care Conig.
2: Well, then it sounds like we'll be headed towards the shore, collecting as much information as we can about dark towers and black ice.
1: Why, of course. I, um... <sighs> I hope you're able to, uh, to find what you're looking for and, and if you do if you are able to to find my son, please just let him know that his, his mother worries about him and the nights are lonelier without him. And I miss I just miss knowing my family's okay, you know.
2: At least we will come back with his information.
1: Thank you. You've been kinder to me than anyone before, and and I will ensure that the people of Bremen do not soon forget Gorga and his company.
2: Literally every time someone says that, Gorga's just kind of face in his palm.
1: (laughs) It's currently my favorite recurring joke.
0: (laughs) You're Um, welcome.
1: Yeah. So, uh, consult the map for a moment. If you look, uh, the roads are a little bit maybe unclear here. So, Bremen to Targos is not like strictly speaking like a good road. Um, when you came over here, it was like kind of covered over by snow and stuff. But you feel like having done the pass before, you could probably do it again. You know, barring any unfortunate accidents. Uh, Targos is one of the bigger cities. It's a, it's sort of a walled city. Um, you could go from there south to Brinshander, which is absolutely the largest location. Um, and then there's a large road from Eastway to East Haven. There's uh, it's not it's not labeled on this map, but there is also um, a way to travel from Brinshander to Cairdunavell, and uh, then from Cairdunavell to Cairconig. So those are the ways that you could get via the roads, the sort of most commonly traveled ways, to Cairdunavell or Cairconig. Having said that. Um, you could also cross the tundra um, heading back to Targos and then from Targos kind of directly either to Kerr Konig or Ker Dinevel. that's maybe 24 hours by foot across tundra which carries with it some dangers but um, doesn't like it, it is absolutely a way you could go
2: Seeing as we need information, I would rather skip the giant ice
1: worms. Uh they they prefer to be called Remoras, But yeah, no, they're definitely there. Sorry, that was the spoiler for anyone who's watching at home, but uh the north is full of um uh dark and terror is the I think the clinical term for it uh okay so following the roads um the party unless there's anything you folks want to do before you head to bed um everyone heads to bed um you get a good night's rest uh everyone's able to benefit from the effects of a long rest and you wake up in the morning feeling especially refreshed and especially ready to go cora's put a, a big pot of coffee on and she's um She's got her her kind of winter weather gear sort of by the door, uh, ready to, to kind of actually, I'm sorry, she doesn't have her winter weather gear by the door. She's wearing her winter weather gear, um, like bundled up inside quite, quite um, fiercely. And you notice that um, the raging fire in the hearth is not burning today. And uh, in fact, the fires in your rooms, um, which Cora has been pretty good about restocking the wood for and sort of stoking throughout the night, um, at around midnight last night, those fires went out and you, there was not wood replaced in them that they were allowed to cool. Um, and even the, the embers, which are usually kept at least warm, were allowed to completely cool down. And when you get up this morning, um, the coffee is also cold, Um and the, the entire space is is very uncomfortable for, for most members of Gorgon Company's crew.
2: I need to leave, Miss Cora.
1: I'm uh I'm sorry, folks. I know my hospitality would normally expect more and I hope it doesn't bother you too much on your day out, but it is um, it's um it's the end of the week. So of course we we all participate in the sacrifice of warmth to appease the the ills of a frost maiden. Some of the bigger cities perform more dramatic sacrifices, but here in Bremen we, we can afford very little, but we can not afford to sacrifice our own warmth for, for one day each week. And it is to that end that we we do not light fires or keep things warm on this day. Sorry, I haven't been able to stoke you a fire, but if you, if you return and it's, it's not the last day of any week, I promise I'll make the the place as warm as I can, and and hopefully my words swarm you with my kindness if if my hearth does not. Oh,
2: it's a lot better than the
1: sacrifices of some of the other towns. She sort of makes sort of the the symbol of a, a kind of protective ward over herself, like almost like a crossing of oneself, but not with a cross, instead with um. Kind of circular motion, a little bit of a point, and then sort of a a, a line across it, which um, you recognize as a kind of like a superstitious um ward against evil, um, common among the 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 like lesser educated about religious practices in the north. And uh, and she says, um, I, th- I thank you so much for your kindness, for your hospitality, for everything that you've you've done. Um, I have a, a simple meal prepared this morning. Uh, it's salted fish uh, laid out as as cold cut, um, some slices of bread that I baked uh, yesterday in anticipation of today, um, a, a handful of preserves that I, I made myself, various berry jams. Um, and uh, I've also packed everyone lunches that you can take with you of, of similar means. Um, we're not able to cook anything with a warm stove today, but I did prepare the coffee in a simple solution of grounds last night and, and kept it cool so it could brew and not taste particularly acrid today.
2: Have you been to the market yet today, Cora?
1: Uh no, I, I have not. It's common for the um the marketplace to close down on days where we sacrifice warmth as most folks are, are huddled inside. But if if you need something I, I could um I could make an effort to get out there and and, and, and acquire anything you might how you know
2: mm, it wasn't a question of need it was just a question of um, stock like if the fisher folk have done better uh,
1: i did have um a young lad who lives uh just south of of one of the taverns um he does some errands for me about town and he came by and and brought some uh of the the fish that you're eating this morning and was able to give me a very very good price on them so i, I suspect that knucklehead trout are once again jumping into boats <laughs> And no monsters are impeding that. Good,
2: good.
1: And I can say I, for one, am <laughs> very glad that the heroes of Bremen were here. Gorgon company.
2: At this point, Gorg is just going to wait for everyone to get up since he's usually first arrived.
0: Yep. I mean, I don't sleep. I just chill. So, you know, I come down early in the morning, like usual.
4: Arjun is at their usual corner by the fireplace that is not lit.
2: Snaggles is shivering in front of the empty (laughs) hearth.
3: Yes, with cold coffee, which is really nothing worse.
2: Well, I suppose if we're going to venture off into the cold, today's the day to do it anyway.
3: Yeah, I don't expect any hot soup here today.
2: Well, anyone have anything they need to do before we make our way out of town? Nope. We're hitting the road early though.
1: Talk me through the route that you're taking. The trip from Bremen to Targos is about two hours. Are you heading there directly? Following the um, sort of path that would once have been a road, kind of covered area.
2: As much as we can, yeah. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um Are you planning to go into Targos, or planning to sort of bypass the walled city as much as possible? Targos is the toward... city
2: where we caused all the problems before, right?
1: I mean, Targos is the city we started the campaign in. Yes.
2: Perhaps. Um, well our news of our heroism probably hasn't made it that far yet so perhaps going inside the walls may not be a good thing so perhaps uh keeping the walls in sight but traveling around the outside
1: and then heading south toward Brinchander. correct all right so targos uh, you managed to get from bremen to Targos in about three hours You made a specially good time the first time you're traveling to Bremen, and the trip to Targos is actually a little bit more difficult than you remember. It would be useful to have something like maybe snowshoes or perhaps eventually some kind of pack traveling animals or a dog sled to make this kind of trip. But you're able to do it walking, you know, kind of thigh high in deep banks of snow, sort of freshly uncovered. Your backs are sore, your legs are worn, but you, you get to the outside of the walled city of Targos where you see a couple of watch folk kind of glancing in your direction. You give the city a bit of a berth and catch the road to Bryn Shander. And and a few of the guards kind of cock their heads or look at you a little bit strangely. Maybe more um, surprised you're not accepting the warmth of the city uh, rather than accusatory or concerned in any way.
2: Uh, Uh, Do do you want to keep eyes on the lantern while we're going
1: just to make sure? So Arjun, you've got the lantern in your possession and you are able to look at it pretty closely. Um, You do not uh, see anything happening with the lantern at all um it uh it's almost conspicuously dark and that uh gives you gives you some some pause but not too much uh you head south uh and catch the road toward Brinchander. road is um road is a generous evaluation of the situation we're dealing with um it's uh it's 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 not like a plowed street But what it is is it's an area where many many caravans have traveled for a long period of time and instead of being just kind of permafrost or tundra it's been fairly well cleared out um, packed down and set up to a kind of a base that things can move on Um, i would compare it more to an ice road than strictly speaking a road so it's it's kind of carved into the ground a little bit with a sort of a, a ridge on the side of it about two to two and a half feet high of just kind of thick snow that's been sort of carved into. And um, the, uh, the, the path is, is easier. It's, uh, it's simpler to make your, uh, your transit uh, to Bryn While the distance is slightly longer than the travel to Bremen, the actual time it takes you to get to the outskirts of Bryn Shander is, is a little less than two hours. Um, Bryn Shander is uh, a walled town as well and it's perched atop a kind of cold, lonely, wind-ravaged hill space, um, almost kind of overlooking the other towns, perhaps saying something about its kind of protectiveness. Um, you don't really see the city proper until you get fairly um, close to it because of its its sort of raised elevation, but it is a bright light uh, among the darkness. Many, many... Um, Kind of houses burning fires uh you know places that that clearly are using torch lantern or oil light to to keep things bright and to keep things um comfortable uh getting a little bit closer the walls are about 30 feet high and uh there, there's sort of two concentric rings of upright poles uh made out of um the kind of wood probably um brought in from uh the the kind of um forested area between here and East Haven, Um, nice like strong northern pine. And uh, when you get a little bit closer, uh, there are um, kind of planked walkways between those two areas where guards are patrolling um, at intervals. Uh, The gate you come up to is, is 15 feet high rather than 30 feet high. So like a sort of lowered, almost buttressed space in front of you. And uh, you're greeted by a couple of um, friendly but formal seeming folk. Uh, one of them extends uh, sort of turns his um, holding like, a, like a, a glaive-like weapon, like a sort of tall halberdy thing. And he sort of like lowers it a little bit in your direction, but not really in a threatening way. And he says, uh, hello, welcome to Bryn Shander.
2: Thank you for passage.
1: Uh, do you folks have business in the city today?
2: As much as anyone has in a city in the north, we need supplies, we need warmth.
1: Very well. Um, it's been a bit dangerous on the roads these days, and you all look like capable folk. I'm sure your assistance in the city will be appreciated. I mean, you've heard of Gorgo and
0: Company, I'm sure, so that's, you know, gonna get us you know anywhere we need to i mean he is famous
1: he sort of uh he turns to the woman next to him and he says uh you uh you... and they sort of exchange like a little shake of the head and uh she says we we haven't heard of your company but um i, I i'm sure we will and i'm i'm sure we'll be glad to uh, to put you up in town hopefully you don't want to cause any trouble um Are you bringing any uh, restricted goods into the city? No, not at all. Do you uh, wish to openly carry weapons?
2: Does my spear count as a weapon, seeing as I'm a whaler? Uh,
1: Well, there are two options. If you wish to pay for a license to openly carry weaponry, um, that's, that's one silver piece per person, per license. Uh, if you'd rather us take the weaponry and, and keep it at our guard post here until you're prepared to leave the city, we'd be happy to, uh, leave all of the citizens of, uh, Bryn Chander feeling just a little bit more comfortable without the display of such arms.
2: Seeing as this spear hasn't left my sight since I was old enough to hold it, I would rather give you the silver.
0: Can you give her a silver for me? Oh, we haven't been paid. And I'm broke.
2: Can she see the, the weapon
0: you carry? Oh, I have darts! See? Darts! <laughs> and I flirt them around and they're weapons.
2: Are they weapons or are they tools of a the game?
3: They're they're playing darts. Our friend is mad, trust us.
1: The gentleman among the guards sort of like kind of nods his head in agreement, but the woman's a little bit more firm. She says, "Um, if you want to be seen carrying dangerous playing goods there, I think we'd best have a license fee from each of you.
0: Hey, Arjun, can you pay her silver for me? I mean, I spent all my money on this awesome jacket. See? Got it? It's warm. Ar-
4: Arjun whips out a tentacle from from their finger and smacks <laughs> Tomlin a little bit. Why did you spend that money? And hands over the two silver pieces for themselves and to- for, for Tomlin. Does Arjun carry a weapon? Argent is a weapon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she, uh, she sees you paying the license, and, and she pulls out some papers, and she starts filling in details. She describes it as like whaling implement and hands license. She she writes, um, uh, for Tomlin, she writes uh, a license to carry recreational capacity armaments of potential danger. And she hands that over to you. Uh, Staggletooth, she says like a license to like be with teeth and claws like that. Like she, she issues you a license to, to open carry weaponry, but also um, amends it with notes that indicate that like, um, you have also paid the appropriate fees to be a person who's as dangerous looking as you are in the city.
2: So it's, it's like, basically an existence tax.
1: Yes. Yeah, it is. And it's like, it's it's not particularly apologetic about that. And she kind of like looks at you like, like kind of a bit, I'm sorry, but also like, this is the rule, like very quite formal about that. And then she, uh, she writes a license for Arjun, which is just like the possession of dangerous and unusual goods, <laughs> <laughs> which while also accurate, uh, in this case is very clearly a descriptor of you. Um, and you enter the city of Bryn Shander. Um it is, uh, it is a city rather than a town, um, or a, at least a very, very large town. Um, it takes a little bit of time to cross the city. Um, you've come in through the northern gate. Uh, and very, very quickly, you you step into like a, a thriving, bustling city. There's people, um, you know, on patios, having drinks, sitting in the kind of um, the sort of outdoor spaces, enjoying themselves. Um, kind of carousing a bit and you get the sense that for the folks of Bryn where there's warmth and there's comfort and there's kindness the eternal night is perhaps a bit of an eternal party although not for everyone there's obviously folks who are looking a little more tired than they might or, or a little bit more somber than they might there is however um the north look which is uh, a, a large inn and tavern right near the northern gate uh, and you see that it is, um, looks like a pretty exciting place. Uh, there's, there's a bit of a line outside the front door of people who are just kind of like um, smoking some rolled herb and having a couple of drinks and the kind of space kind of congregated around it. Uh, indoors, you hear like the sounds of sort of joyous movement and discussion. The space, um, the Northlook itself looks truly inviting in a way that um, you're reminded of the cold that you left Bremen with and the long day of travel you've had. And the the warmth emanating from this building feels um, surprisingly foreign to your recent experience. Uh, But the the city continues, the the roads, you know, pass through lots of space between houses. Very few people uh, dumping, you know, excrement through their windows onto the street uh in the kind of main areas most of that's happening in the kind of alleyways beside and uh you could you could certainly head to the south or uh eastern gates um if you wanted to like make your exit of the city as quickly as possible
2: well we've had a long day's journey so far Um, we need information i figure best place to go where the people are he motions to the rest of the group for input all right
1: what do we
3: say are you suggesting like an open markets or a bar
2: doesn't matter to me as long as there are people there preferably the types that are um, a bit older might know more about things that might have happened you know 100 years ago
3: I say bar, more likely. I feel like marketplaces will have young vibrant people looking for merchants, whereas bars this hour of the day has men and women who are clearly retired from work.
4: Fair point. Agreed, my furry friend.
1: Furry and furry, call back, very nice. All right. So what do we do? We'll
2: For a big, busy tavern. All
1: right. Well, there's the North Look that you're literally standing next to. Um, we'll that over. that that could work. Okay. Um, so it's uh it's rowdy uh, and uh, and and adventurous on the interior of the uh, the North Look. There's um. There's some folks playing darts, uh, and they're playing darts, but the place is so packed and so busy, there are tables in the space between them and the dartboard they're playing on. And and from time to time, uh, a kind of too intoxicated dart player throws a dart into, amongst, or sometimes at one of the people sitting at the tables between that and the dartboard. Um, you notice that those tables turn over very quickly, so they are served very, very promptly. Um, Standing at the bar is a a very very busy proprietor of the tavern. Um, he looks uh, looks like he can handle himself. He's got a kind of grizzled, scarred look. Um, his hair is a kind of sandy gray blonde, and it comes just just a little bit below his ears. He's um, broad-shouldered, and he seems to be wielding and tapping kegs with remarkable proficiency and expediency, pouring folks um, ales and, and sending a variety of different um, casked beverages, including some that have that kind of wintry berries in them that you've seen before, um, perhaps to season them or to excite them a little bit. Um, it's a busy, busy place. And the practice seems to be to kind of like join folks at a table to get served, given how, um, how, how packed the place is. Um, notably, uh, above the hearth in the sort of common room space, there is a enormous stuffed knucklehead trout, um, maybe, like, legitimately this big, um, with a, with a placard underneath in, in gold embossed lettering that says, "Old Bitey. You're, uh, you're getting your bearings for a moment. Uh, just kind of trying to figure out what's going on when uh, when Old Bitey uh, seems to kind of perk up for a second. And this mounted trout kind of turns its head toward the assembled room and begins to sing. There's a place I like to go further up the river's flow. There it is, I do not know. Must be under all that snow at which point the trout ceases to be animate and the room returns to its bustling and rustling about. The proprietor and the attendants seem unsurprised at this interruption.
3: I would like to throw in that I am totally enamored by this secret. (laughs) That fish must be a wizard.
1: All right, what uh, what next, folks? It's a uh, it's a busy tavern. Lots of folk, lots of people there, and you know, there's uh, yeah. What are we doing? I look what?
3: around. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, um, go ahead. I I look for the oldest
1: person in the room. Um, it's a good mix of shield dwarves, some elves, uh, a couple of tieflings, um. You know, it, it's a fairly cosmopolitan uh, happening, um, although everyone looks like they could probably handle themselves in a bar fight, and they've they've perhaps come to the right place for it. But there are um, three stocky dwarves um, bundled in sort of cold weather garb. They're sitting around a table, and their movement's a bit more slowed, and their conversation's a bit intense with each other. Uh, there's a, a young-looking elf on the other end of the room, but that doesn't... It doesn't necessarily say anything, given the longevity of elves, and uh, the the barkeep himself seems to be older, like you know, perhaps somebody who's led a hard life but is retired to the relative comfort and relative ease of innkeeping. It's kind of notable, potentially older folk.
2: What was the name that they kept referring to the tower as?
1: I, I genuinely have no idea what you're talking about.
2: The the, the giant ice tower that appeared hundred years ago. I can't remember what the name of it was.
1: Oh I see. Um the 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 crystal tower, the um uh the the crystal shard, which was used to erect a great black tower.
2: Okay, so it doesn't have a technical name then.
1: Yeah, the uh the artifact was called the Kreshna bomb. That information was provided to you by the, uh, the kindness of strangers, uh, the, the educated uh, inquiries of the people you've been dealing with.
2: Okay. Um, I guess I will uh, go to the barkeep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll apologize. I'll say uh, sorry to bother you in such a busy time. Just wondering if you could point me in the direction of some information.
1: It says uh you folks look like you could use a round. Is that is that where our heads are at? I could use a round, but
2: I could also use some information.
1: Everything, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 a busy night, and uh, taking my attention away from my customers, uh, you know, it, it's it's got to be, it's got to be worth me sparing a moment, if you know what I mean.
2: Uh, tell me where I can talk to somebody about the Krishna bomb, and I'll give you a gold for it.
1: Black demon magic, eh? Well, I, uh, I, I'd, I'd tread lightly. Uh, but there, uh, there was a gentleman here the other day who was uh, looking to recruit folks to join him. Uh, and he was heading, he was heading sort of pauses significantly.
2: Make it two rounds, I suppose.
1: Yes. He, uh, he sort of sweeps the, the gold pieces uh, like across the counter and into a kind of waiting hand with a, a rag as if he's kind of effortlessly cleaning the table. And he says, uh, yeah, the Tiefling was here. Um, she, uh, she was heading back to Caradineval, just uh, down the east way and uh, up north toward, uh, toward Caradineval. So that's where you want to head. If you're uh, looking for anybody who knows anything about that, I'd say.
2: Didn't catch a name or anything
1: a name or anything yeah that that would be uh that would be regrettable but uh my experience is that uh innkeepers proprietors or the folks who know about dangerous folk uh they they tend to listen carefully and uh know what's going on when that sort of thing happens so i'm sure i probably did catch a name if you catch my drift
2: Uh, i look over at snaggletooth and i'm like i'm not the only one investing in this Uh.
3: Fine, fine, but uh, he he pushes over a single gold, he says, But make sure there's lemon in my next pint.
1: He uh he smiles excitedly and Ah, you saw the specials then, eh? And he uh he reaches over to a keg and he like he ignores the conversation, completely taps the keg, like squirts like the zest of a lemon into the top of it, then rubs the rim with it, sprinkles like a little tiny tiny bit of like a kind of like a treacle like salt onto the outside of it, and he hands you um what's been called the uh the lemon drop ale. I, I, I lean in as soon as he passes it over to Staggletooth. I'm
0: like I sniff it and go, You have weird taste. And like kind of just kinda
1: like It's it? weird, but it does smell delicious. Yeah. And uh, I'm Staggletooth, sure he knows you, uh yeah. that's just gross. You uh you have a sip and it's uh it's amazing. It's just that little bit of sourness really brings out the flavors, adds to the kind of richness of the palate. And it's almost as if the, the ale itself was kind of brewed with this this kind of fresh lemon experience as part of the way that it was kind of put, put together. Um, you're, uh, you're enjoying your, your drink, completely forgetting for a moment, even perhaps the purpose of this conversation. Um, the bar turns to Gorga and, and he gives you a reluctant smile. And he says, uh, you know, I got to pull your leg a little bit, right? It's not often we have the the heroes gorga and company show up at an inn her name was avarice
0: i go yeah gorga and company we're famous and back out again
2: (laughs) so you knew who we were when we came at the door
1: i got friends bremen's not that far from here word gets around the towns are pretty tight
2: is it name enough to earn us a stay here for the night since we paid you so much already
1: Oh, absolutely. With a name like that, you can definitely pay the regular fare because I know you have got money in your, your pockets from all the work that you've done.
2: I haven't gotten paid for any of yet, other than our name.
1: Mm. So mighty heroes, mighty capable, not mighty smart. Interesting. It'll be a, a gold for the, the group of you to get a room in the night, and I'm afraid it's our last room, so I'd book it soon. Fine.
3: Staggletooth looks down for the drink. Fine. You, you know I'm cheap and he puts down the gold
1: as you put down the gold a second lemon ale is kind of gently pressed in your direction Ooh. says uh, this this cask is it's gonna go fast and it's not it's never a bad idea when you're uh, when you're drinking here to have another one on deck it gets busy you know have a seat sit down somewhere so I'm taking up my bar space. Enjoy your night and he uh, he tosses you a a sort of large iron key with a little kind of tag attached to it that has the um, the the number two on it.
2: Well, place like this, I don't recommend uh, hanging your head out too far. I turn in for the night rather soon. Hmm.
3: Yes, Staggletooth um, nods towards Gorga uh, kind of sloppily with his drink goes, "Did, did we just get swindled? I'm two gold lighter and two drinks drunker and I don't even know if we got the information we really needed.
2: We walked in with nothing and we're walking out with a place to stay, drinks on our belly and information we didn't have before.
3: Oh, I guess I am a smooth talker. Oh, we're all sharing a room, aren't we?
0: We sure are. (laughs) Yeah, except for like half of the party doesn't sleep.
2: Half. I think it might really be the only quarters. one that sleeps, yeah.
0: I sleep. I don't sleep at all. Yeah. am <laughs> elf. Arjun, you don't sleep, do you? You just have to rest, right?
4: Yeah. Uh, I have to stay immobile, but I can still be aware of what's going around
0: me. Yeah,
3: I suggest we make a tent out of origin get a couple blankets oh
0: my
4: argent eyes you suspiciously it you might be it.
3: the lemon drop
1: talking you're kind of you're kind of conversing loudly about your plans for slipping arrangements and the you know the end still continues to bustle when um one of the rambunctious uh folk trying to find way back to the table kind of bumps into steagletooth and sort of tries to catch themselves before they fall uh they grab the fur on your body and sort of like hold themselves up almost falling to the ground but pulling quite firmly on your um your soft lynxy hair They, uh, they straighten themselves out and kind of wipe their paws their hands off but the the kind of cold weather clothing they're wearing the sort of furred clothes um keep getting the sort of like random shedding stuck to more parts of their fur. And they seem to just kind of wipe cat hair over themselves and just kind of gets in more places and they keep trying to pick it off. But as they pick it off, it kind of just gets into their hands. And, uh, after a moment of this incredible distress, um, another, uh, a a woman, a dwarf, she steps forward, just kind of puts her hand on the, um, beleaguered cat haired drunkard. And she says, uh, have a seat, please. And then she turns and says, uh, could I help but overhear a little bit of um, what you're saying? Uh, the innkeeper. And and I've heard, uh, you know, I- I've heard tell that Scramsax is a is a capable adventurer in his own right. He was talking up your story, saying, Garga and company, great adventurers, staying at the north side. You know, just, just, talking so much about uh, another one of the she's interrupted um by old bitey coming to life and singing the same song again there's a place i like to go she she waits for it to finish as the entire room continues to wait for it it seems to be every hour on the hour um and then she continues she says uh listen uh i'm Trina. these are my friends koroks and Storm, and uh, we we need some help from capable folk, if if you could.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Everywhere we go, everybody needs our help. Everywhere we go, people want us to do something. Everywhere we go, we never get paid. Hi. Uh... Gorga, sharpen your skills, take a class, do something, bargain for some good money.
2: You handle this one, Tomlin. See how
0: you do. No, it's Gorga and Company, not Tomlin and Company.
2: I
3: I elect Tomlin <laughs> the official speaker for this matter. Ha 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 ha. We are a democratic union, are we not?
0: No.
2: Gorga kind of takes Tom takes his arm, puts it behind Tomlin, and pushes him to the front of the group.
1: Tomlin, you say? Well. I'm Hirana. This is Korax and Stern. Stern looks sort of fidgety and a little irritated. He continues to try to take cat hair off of himself, and seems just like like the cat hair seems to just be growing, like more of it's getting in more places, and and Stern seems to just like be getting more and more upset by it, but doesn't seem to catch what Hirana is really saying. Um, Korax stares just straightforward in silence. He's not saying anything at all. Um, his nose looks very, very visibly frostbitten. Um, he's missing three fingers. Maybe he has further injuries and in areas that are covered. Um, Hira herself actually is missing her right ear, um, and two fingers. And, uh, and she's got kind of like a smoker's cough a little bit, gets in from time to time. But she says, uh, we're, we're survivors, Tomlin have a group of uh, dwarves tasked with delivering a sled of iron ingots here to the city of Brenchander. A yeti surprised us and killed a member of our crew. The rest of us fled, the yeti tore Orrbok limb from limb. Now, we need someone to go back, and get the sled for us. Uh, as payment, I know you care about the payment, I will offer you a gemstone worth 50 gold coins and the friendship of the dwarves of Icewind Dale which can be a boon in these harsh times. If you wish to make the trip you'd probably be needing snowshoes. We could provide those for you as well if you like. I'll look at Gorga. Well, tell him.
0: As 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 leading this, I delegate to you, because the leader didn't have to, and I sit back and start sipping coffee.
3: <laughs> Where did you leave this sled?
1: Ah. Uh, well, um... Do you know Kilvin's Cairn?
3: I have a pocket map here. No.
1: The... About bit halfway between bullet and the cairn uh, in the midst of the tundra there I can I can show you on your map if you like.
3: Uh, uh, Staggletooth sloppily like turns his map around and points it over to the to the uh, characters.
1: She uh, she indicates um, without too much difficulty uh, the the sort of um, sort of spot on your map is just kind of again halfway between Bridgeender and uh, and Karakonig, the the kind of mountain area there.
2: So uh, why did you leave a sled in the middle of the tundra?
1: Mention the yeti. We were attacked by a yeti. I
0: thought dwarves uh, My friends like sturdy and can kill things, and were strong. Okay, maybe these dwarves aren't those type. No,
1: you ask them, not me. See, I thought elves weren't idiots. But I guess not all stereotypes are true. We're miners. We're traders. We're not warriors. I don't know.
2: Well, we're going to the Cairn anyway.
1: Ask
0: Orga, not me.
3: Yes. What what do you think the odds of this uh Yeti to be guarding your goods? Are they attracted to your cargo?
1: To iron? Nah, I doubt it. Suspect the Yeti was attracted to what looked like easy prey. I'm sure y'all don't look like easy prey to a Yeti. They'll certainly have no issue. Plus one Yeti to a group of heroes. Who uh, defeated a sea monster? I'd say this will be easy. Easy money for each of you. Did I, did I say a 50 gold coin gemstone? I meant uh, a, a 50 gold coin gemstone for each of you Oh.
2: Just a single Yeti.
1: I, uh, we. We ran, but we were attacked by but a single yeti, indeed. Although it's been, uh, been a, a bit of time, and I don't even know if the yeti is still there. Perhaps Gorgon company only have to brave a few hours snowshoe through the tundra, and then a simple trip back with our sled full of iron ingot.
2: Simple. Sled full
1: of iron. Aye. Simple iron sled.
4: Argent interjects, do you think it wise to be chasing a Bigfoot in the middle of the tundra?
1: I know. That's why I hired the best adventurers in town. Or Saggle no,
2: Saggleteeth
3: leans in to Gorga and says if we come across this yeti, we kill it so we put it on the sled and we have the finest pelts that could cover all of us in great white furs. <laughs> a yeti pelt could probably go for more than the gemstones as a tip.
2: Personally, I'm much more comfortable on the ice flows than I am on the tundras. I know what's on the ice flows.
3: I, too, have a history with the ice floes.
2: Anyone else ever been to the Tundra?
0: Nope. No. Nope. I've only been here like I arrived a week before I met you.
2: Yetis are... Fearsome creatures, but they're not the worst thing out there.
3: They're big and clumsy and dumb. I could probably have three shots in the back of its head before it even knew that we were upon it.
2: Indeed you could, who's to say the Yeti would care? Oh,
4: What other dangers await us?
2: The cold is the biggest. And I look directly at Tomlin, who has a nice coat, but no furs packed in it.
1: It's uh it's sufficient to be cold weather gear. Hmm. Without fur, you
3: don't even have any northern fashion.
1: Some of us are the BYO fur. So. <laughs> Although, there's a a really beautiful fox suit available, if you (laughs) want. Or
2: if we can find a fox suit.
0: That's a callback, people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to take on something this dangerous, I'm going to want some payment up front.
0: Yes, because we had to pay to have our weapons with us, so...
1: Oh, well, yeah, what, um, is that again? I could uh, I could offer to outfit to you with snowshoes for the trip,
2: if you like. Snowshoes that cost three
1: silver? I'd spring for the nice ones. <laughs> They'll have
0: tassels.
3: I don't
1: need snowshoes. I have snow feet. Korax just kind of like shakes his head a little bit and lets out like a long audible sigh. And Herna oh. says, uh, Kai, it's you. I like you better when you are silent. Listen, these are the towns. This is the north. Swindlers are a dime a dozen. I'm used to folk coming in saying, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that and they head off, they make up with the ingots themselves. They do nothing for the clans, nothing to help the dwarves, nothing for those of us who need need it, the common folk, folk like us who have nearly to cover our expenses and worry about the work, you know, I offer generous compensation for yours to take or to leave. Can't offer a payment yeah. in advance, not in good conscience.
2: The problem with that is, you already know that we do good for the common people.
0: <sighs> He's got you there, buddy.
1: She uh, she hesitates for a moment and says, um, "You know what? Make me a perception check or a uh, uh, persuasion roll. She she she's someone who could be convinced." Fourteen. You kind of give me your pitch. Give me your pitch first.
2: Uh, It's more so. Well, we saved an entire town from a sea monster that we didn't have to, just because we wanted to see done better for the town. If you're offering us actual payment for this on return. it is in our best interest to go through with what we're saying we're going to go through.
1: Aye. I can see your motivations, but what you're telling me is that for the folk of Bremen, you do great kindness for them, expecting no repayment. And you come to the town of Brinshandar, and you demand something of a poor minor woman and her oh, no. folk.
2: We received payment in Bremen.
1: And I offer you payment in Bernchander. But surely you did the work first, eh?
2: Uh We were treated with uh, rather a few things, mainly a, a steel hulled ship that we didn't have to pay for.
1: I the means to get there, and I offer to you the shoes to do the same.
2: The shoes are much cheaper than a steel bolt ship.
1: And I suspect you returned the ship, now. We
2: did, and got payment afterwards. I'll return your shoes.
1: Tell me why you need you need the payment, and what you need it for, and I'll see what we can do here.
2: You're asking us to venture into the tundra to fight Yeti, potentially more than that. And we've just made a very long journey from Bremen. As you know, we handled the sea monster not long ago. We need to restock if we're going into the tundra.
1: I I might be a fool for doing this. But reputation means a lot in the towns, and if you're willing to risk yours, then hopefully, if you if you find me here, and you you cross, Herna, I hope you die a cold death, at the hands of the maiden. She uh, she reaches into her pouch and she she pulls a whole pouch just off her belt. It's made out of um like a really really fine yeti fur, um. And it's uh it's remarkable in its sheen and its quality, even even from here, it really holds together. And she hands the pouch to Gorga and you open it and there's um there's fifteen gold coins inside it. And she says Aside from the gemstones, that's all I got on me. And I expect to make a fair mint more when we're able to sell the ingots in town here. But till that happens My very life savings are on the line with this job. And boy, if you cross me, let all the shield dwarves in all of the Dale hunt you till you die.
2: We already have a shield dwarf that owes us a hundred gold pieces.
1: Ha. I offer you twice that, and you spit in my nose.
2: Didn't spit in your nose. We didn't receive payment on the first.
1: Well, Shield Dwarves are true to their word. I'm sure as soon as you bring proof of your deed, you'll get your due.
3: I nudge, Gorga. Yeah, proof of your deed.
2: (laughs) Anyway, we're headed in that direction already, anyway. It shouldn't be too much off the path. Looking at the rest of the group. Well, what else do we need?
0: Coffee.
2: Looks like the group wants to warm up a bit before we go back out into the snow. If you'll leave us for a moment.
1: Coffee, coffee, coffee. She says, uh, this deal's left a sour taste in my mouth. Worse than this godforsaken ale. You can Is that, have is that table. the lemon one? I heard that lemon one's pretty bad.
3: I liked the lemon one. You're weird. Perhaps.
4: Well. Your tastes are underdeveloped.
2: I got the payment that you wanted. Are you happy now?
0: Oh, you could have got more, I'm sure. Just punch (laughs) him in the nose next time. That usually helps.
4: For someone with such a mouth, you you don't know how to use it when we need it.
0: Oh, no, I can't persuade for shit. I just talk a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not lying, am I? Right? See, even he agrees. Well,
2: um, Gorga's gonna turn in for the night.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll go back to the room and just kind of chill in the room. Maggle, what'd you say? I
3: do as well. I curl up next to the fireplace if that space is available.
1: It's um there's like a lot of people wandering around nearby to it, but you're uh, you're pretty big and fierce. So like you know, they're uh <laughs> they avoid stepping on you. Uh one of them almost steps on your tail and uh, catches himself, and even in his state of intoxication, falls instead in the other direction. Uh, during the course of time where you're hanging out in the bar space, especially those who spend their time in the kind of common room here, uh, the um, old bitey sings his song uh, every hour on the hour and makes no exceptions for the wee hours of the morning At uh, At 6 a.m., it feels especially biting. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. Uh, During the entire night, since I don't have to sleep, I'm going to, like, whisper to uh, Gorga every so often in the very quietest of voice. Always ask for more cold. And then just, like, sit back in the corner. (laughs) And do that just, like, every so often. Not enough to be, like, you know, wake him up, but just, like and then walk and then go sit down.
1: <laughs> get in there subconsciously. Yes. I dig it. Always ask for more gold. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, Out of character, um, may I take a really fast bathroom break? Uh,
0: sure. We can take a moment. Let me go get some water. You can deal with the people downstairs as they're waking up from the fish.
1: I'm going to also take a washroom break.
0: And we all leave Jackie. Jackie, sing us a shandy.
3: Goodbye. Yes. I wonder if we're going to edit this part out. If not, it'll just be the Jackie show. Honestly. It should be my company. It should be Staggletooth and company. I'm the charismatic one. I'm the one with the highest dexterity. I'm the one who's local. But with great power comes great responsibility. It is easy to sit in the shadows.
0: (laughs) I come sauntering down and come in and what do I see you doing?
3: <laughs> are you still asleep? Um, I was evil monologuing. Oh, are um, you? <laughs> <laughs> i have to wait. But, <laughs> but yes, I am Uh, just still remaining on the fireplace. Mostly just using that location to spy on all the general conversation that would have taken place the night before. At this point, I'm just probably fully unconscious, though.
0: Okay. Arjun, are you still Arjun- down
4: there? Yes. Uh, I post up in a corner where I could observe everyone and do the same as snaggletooth though I am more inclined to be awake and observant through the entire night.
0: <laughs> um Arjun do we have coffee yet? Arjun do we have coffee
4: mm-hmm. I look around at the barkeep. I don't think so.
0: Why don't we have coffee? Hey, dryer's done. Seriously? (laughs) Sorry.
3: I roll over. Arjun, are you preparing coffee for all of us? No. It better not be just for the leader. I'm sick of this leader stuff. (laughs)
0: I'm gonna motion for the barkeep to bring me bring me coffee then while we're waiting for uh the barkeep to bring it.
4: Urgent size, fine, I'll make you my brew. Yes.
0: Hey, staggle! 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 Yes! Staggle! Staggle!
3: Yes.
0: When are you gonna go like? Go frolic out in the snow so we can catch this uh, forest or whatever elemental.
3: I would assume those things have more sense to know a prideful, noble creature like myself and could have discerned me from a sly little fox. They'd probably worship me. They'd probably think I'm some type of god. Besides, Perhaps. shouldn't the smallest of us dress up as a fox? I already have furs. To add furs and furs is just, there's a lot of fluff.
0: We could dye your hair. Go get some berries, change it to red.
4: Berries? Nothing. I have a special brew for that.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's, huh. let's dye your hair red. And then you can dye, go jump around. Wait, no. you got to dye it white. Uh, yeah, the other way it's a white fox, you know, a snow fox in the snow area, frolicking around. But I have a question, question for you. You'd have mm. to be naked to go do it. Would that hurt your
3: my feelings? Yes.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Uh, okay, so you awake in the morning. Uh... Oh, we're already all downstairs role playing. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. Well, the North look uh, in the morning. It's uh, it's not quite the buried treasures. The coffee is not on at 6 a.m. Um, Scramsex does not get up early or seem to care very much. Um, a few people who injured themselves during bar fights are kind of just like lying on the ground. And at about eight o'clock, he sort of removes them somewhat unceremoniously into a snowbank outside the uh, the tavern. Um, he glances over at you folks and is like, uh, you guys want uh, like a drink, uh, coffee, little hair of the dog? What, what, are, you, what are you feeling?
4: He he looks over behind the bar and sees Arjun making coffee already.
1: (laughs) Who took over while
0: you were gone? (laughs) Huh. Oh, uh, by the way, there is an evil monologue that happened while four of us were gone. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) So we're gonna have to actually Uh, listen to the episode to find out what the evil monologue was. Daggletooth,
3: I assume. Yes. (laughs) That was a private monologue between me and my innermost
1: evil thoughts. (laughs) um scram sacks uh glances over at arjun like s- moves to say something and then just like slides a glass over to where you're making the coffee instead and says uh, i'll i'll have one when you're ready and he continues his tidying which is mostly just extricating patrons from chairs <laughs> where they've passed out
4: not necessarily the plan but of course i made enough for everyone
1: he, he makes like a kind of like grumbly kind of noise. And then he uh he pours a little whiskey into his coffee. Starts sipping it.
4: There's notes of honey, of course. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> he he like he takes a sip and he kinda looks at you like, Why are you being so weird and pretentious for your coffee and then takes like another sip and like seems to genuinely enjoy it.
0: <laughs> Gotta be better than that lemon crap. Seems, uh, um, so, frustrated. I go up and bang on the door, of Gorga's door. Hey, you awake in you here?
2: Watch. Of course, I'm awake.
1: Gorga, we- among other disturbing visages, your dreams last night were filled with. I should ask for more gold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's get going. We gotta get rich.
2: Fine, fine. Just shumble down the stairs. Just basically Are shouts upward forward. after
4: <laughs> You have to pay me back for your fee.
2: Talking to Tomlin, I assume?
0: Yes. I didn't hear it. So, we're going to go, as Gorga comes down, Mike, uh, we're going to go kill a Yeti and get some ingots back. Gorga?
2: That is the goal, but it is on the way to our next destination. Uh, Do we bring the sleigh back here or do we go to the next town, that's the question.
0: We have to bring it back here because there's these are dwarfs that have it unless you, like, did you set up to go take it to the next town?
2: Uh, no, that's a fair point. Back here it comes, then.
0: I mean, he's not a complete idiot, I don't think. Hey, you said it, not me.
2: Hey, I'm not the smartest man alive. If you want to do the talking, go for it. I didn't make it in my company. Oh, yeah, you did those were your words
0: it'll always be Gorga and company even when you're dead when we carry your skull around with us it'll always we'll be just, Gorga and company we'll
3: just get another Gorga
1: <laughs> we'll rename him be like Dread Pirate <laughs> Scramshack surreptitiously whispers to Arjun are they always this mm-hmm. um, bitchy <laughs> You have no idea. <laughs> Scram's actually like, kind of claps Argent on the back and gives them like, <clears throat> like an enthusiastic pat, and then kind of looks at their hand like, "You're you're actually a tree, eh? Huh?"
4: Of sorts, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I guess I've seen weirder. You make a good cup of brew, tree. Thank you. You're uh, you're welcome here anytime. We should uh, we should compare notes and mixes sometime
4: perhaps we shall did
1: you try the uh, the lemon stuff last night
4: i i only brew myself i don't actually drink anything
1: oh.
4: which is unfortunate because i make some really good brew and have an appreciation for others
1: and a a remarkable sense of modesty too but i guess uh your uh your bark is worse than your bite He goes back to sipping his coffee and putting um, the bar. Um,
2: Anyway. <clears throat> did, we, uh, <laughs> did we acquire snowshoes from the dwarves?
1: No, they gave you all of their money instead. <laughs> yeah.
2: I suppose we need snowshoes since we didn't get any from the dwarves. They've been too small anyway
1: check says, do uh, You need how many sets of snowshoes? Four?
2: Um, well, Cash, do you need them?
3: No, I have snow feet.
4: Arden just kind of looks over. You said it yourself. I'm a tree.
2: Are you a tree that likes to be buried under mountains of snow?
4: Because otherwise, I would take the shoes. I suppose I can modify them to fit my needs.
1: Quite, quite easily with your with your tinker's tools and your woodcrafting tools. Um, Stalldude, you would be you would probably be slightly better served by snowshoes, and they they do make them for your people.
3: I'm just pretending that I don't need them. I actually probably need snowshoes. Too much pride.
1: (laughs) For
2: them.
3: If you insist that I fit in with your uniform, then I suppose Are we
1: getting uniforms? Scrap uh, offers to uh, to send someone out to source them for you. If you like. We're gonna get yours sure, as
2: long as they're not, you
1: know, I'm gonna, gonna
2: gage us on the price.
1: I think I could do a pretty reasonable job for uh, four gold coins a piece.
2: Oh, no, sir.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> he kind of smiles at you and says, All right. you know, you wake up a little more capable than I expected.
2: Yeah, no, if that's the price that you can acquire them for, I'm sure we could acquire them for much cheaper.
1: Well, uh, fine then. but waste your time wandering Bryn chander looking for deals. Let all Scramsacks here just, just starve in this economy.
0: You're
2: likely it. starving after the crowd you had last night.
1: He called us bitchy? Says, oh, that crowd broke more than they bought.
2: And you fix it? Looking around?
1: Pro- probably. Uh, out of character, stone shoes are typically two gold pieces each. Oh are they? Yeah, they're they're, they're actually pretty expensive relatively speaking. But they're nice and they, they do the job very very well. They're the kind of serviceable, interwoven uh, like runs of um, like a cloth or a sinew quite commonly uh, around a kind of deliberately warped and shaped piece of single wood.
2: Oh, that so. was a Josh faux pas, then because Josh thought they would be much cheaper than that.
1: <laughs> I feel like one every session is about our, our rate, right?
2: Like, yeah,
1: we'll wait till it's daytime to get snowshoes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll wait till it's sunny outside.
0: Four years later, it's like Why another adventure,
1: to later?
2: yeah. So, uh, with this information on the table, is he still sourcing them for one gold
1: piece each? Uh, no, no, he he was overcharging you. They, they should cost two gold pieces each, and he asked you for uh, four gold pieces each.
2: Okay, okay, good, he, good. He right. was
1: overcharging you, but oh, he I, just I assumed you were rich, stupid adventurers, which he's not like totally wrong about. So you know, credit to.
2: I assume at some point in Gorga's life as a human in the North, he's
1: had snowshoes. Most of your work was on ice floes, but like you're passingly familiar with snowshoes. Oh, you didn't usually have to buy them yourself. So the the mistake is pretty like forgivable.
4: Fair.
2: Anyway, uh, where's the closest market to here?
1: He uh, he directs you south of here. Um, he says there's a dwarven shop called the Black Iron Blades, and just south of them there's a kind of general store space. Uh, if you hit the town hall, you've gone too far.
2: Oh, so that information was free then?
1: Oh no, I added it to your bill. <laughs>
2: the bill that's already been paid. Anyway, to the general store, I would imagine.
3: to the general
1: store. All right, you arrive at the general store. I um, greeted at the shop. Um, it's a kind of combination shop and Smithy. Um, the Black Iron Blades uh, has kind of like a connected outbuilding um, with the uh, its sister shop, the um, uh, Solicitous Supplier. Um, the Solicitous Supplier offers uh, adventuring gears and um, you know, ice picks, snowshoes, cold weather clothing. Stuff fortune seekers would want. Um Elza is the uh the woman who runs the place. And there's a there's a kind of um the solicitous supplier has like this space with like lots of things kinda of hanging up on hooks all around the wall so you can sort of see them. Lots of snowshoes, lots of tack, lots of various things, uh, some sleds, equipment for like dogs and, and various things like that. And she's standing kind of like in and amongst the sales floor, kind of talking to people, kind of working with them. And there's a large open awning that connects to the black iron blades um, where there's like kind of warmth flowing in. Uh, there's an active smithy going on there and a variety of um, high quality blades, weapons, armors, and things going on. During the course of your, uh, your time walking in the door, uh, you hear loud hammering noises from the other direction. Um, Elsa speaks quite loudly. Perhaps to someone who's got a little bit of hearing loss, maybe by the inevitable proximity of the work here. Um at one point she yells over uh Garn! Garn, you got any of those daggers? These guys want daggers. And uh a voice calls back, yup. And uh after a few minutes, a sooty-looking dwarf um holding the kind of a long leather strapped piece uh, covered in a variety of really, really gorgeous looking daggers um, kind of brings them forward. And the folks that uh is helping, um, they, they pick out a few of them. She charges them. Um, what anyone who knows anything about buying blades seems like almost like a criminally low price. And uh, they head off into the, uh, out, out the door of the, um, of the solicitous supplier and Elza bids them adieu and a good day and she turns her full attention to you and she says uh, well folks, uh, what can I and she pauses for a second and says uh, I'm sorry, you probably have gotten this before, are you Gorga and company? Why yes we are This is Gorga My um my friend Herna, uh who is bringing some goods to my, my brother, uh, told me that she hired you folks, um, and that uh, that it didn't come cheaply. What can I help you purchase at full price?
2: Snowshoes for four, and rations for a few days in the tundra.
1: I can have all of that together for ten gold coins. And you can keep the other five for yourselves.
3: I called dibs on the extra coin. There's five of us and five coins.
0: Maybe he's talking about him. I know he's not yeah. talking about her.
2: Anyway, um, so yes, that 10 gold coin sounds fair. Um, and uh, let your friend know that we were here to gather the supplies like we told her we needed to do.
1: Well, where there's trust, there's generosity. And I trust if you're able to help out our clan that we will be able to be generous with you in our next dealing. She seems um, ill-suited to ripping anyone off and the rations that she packs for you are exceedingly generous. Uh, Dried and salted meats, um, several types of knucklehead trout, um, some sort of simple unleavened dwarven breads, um, but they look hearty and they look enjoyable and they've got kind of a like a a nutty mealiness to them um, that's, you know, very, very rich in grain and flavor. There's also some uh, some pickles uh, and and some sort of sharper, tangier um, sweets that she encloses in each of the packages that she gives to each of you individually. And then she provisions you with exceedingly well-made snowshoes. They seem, uh, seem very, very nicely put together. Uh, she takes a few minutes to properly fit them for Arjun and Steigletooth with the assistance of her brother, uh, Garn. And, uh, and, and she puts a lot of attention into her work and attention into her detail. She's fairly quiet, um, although it seems as if it's a bit of a strain for her to be so. Um, she wants to be quite chatty, but... Um, she... Uh, she restrains herself uh garn meanwhile uh not necessarily a dwarf of many words does crack a couple of jokes um he says a few things about how black iron blades are the best blades in the north in all the dales you'll never find a blade better than a black iron blade hear about the folks who uh, killed the sea monster they were uh, they were using a black iron blade i hear that's uh, that's the story i've been told at least folks say you know um heard about uh the those uh cultists uh, up north of here well, uh, let me tell you, they—they—they uh, they, they did not have black iron blades. They were messing around with some kind of some kind of demon ice magic, and uh, well, they lives would have been better off if they had them. <laughs> and uh, and if you're fighting the Yeti, nothing better in your hands than a black iron blade. <laughs> uh, but you—you've heard enough of me. I'm gonna head back over to the Smith.
2: Gorgo will uh, pull out the Yeti pouch that was given to him yesterday. He'll reach inside, pull three gold coins out, give one to Snaggletooth, one to Arjun, one to Tomlin, and take the the Yeti pouch with the 12 coins in it and give it to the dwarf woman and just say, there you go.
1: She, uh, she pauses for a moment. What do I get the coin?
2: I just handed it to you. Why? Because it was extra. Everybody gets one.
1: Oh. She, uh, she she pauses for a second and she seems like like emotions are kind of welling up in her. And she's, I knew her and it was just she's so raspy and she's so mean sometimes. I think she just I think people just don't like people are generally good and I think you got to give them you got to give them a chance to prove themselves. Thank you, Gorga. The rumors really are true, but you and your your company. I hope you, told you. you treat Bryn Chander as well as you treat, treated the city of Bremen. And she, uh, she tucks the pouch behind the uh, the counter and she takes a few of the gold coins out of it and puts it into her till. Not, not the 10 she was asking for before, but, but a few. Um, so, you're, you're very well provisioned, set up with your snowshoes and ready to embark across the tundra. Uh, anything y'all want to do in Bryn before heading out the same way you came in?
0: Um, on our way out, is there like beggars and stuff like that?
1: Uh, yeah, there's a few. Um, the streets are fairly clear of folk doing that, but there's a few like, there's a few entertainers, um, more, more than beggars, a few folks who are like offering to, um, to like. You may be with kids yeah there's a young woman with a couple of kids and she's she's standing at um like a line outside of what looks like um like maybe a like a cheap meal place or a soup kitchen and you hear her explain to her kids that um the two of them can share a bowl of soup because um she's not even that hungry because she ate yesterday um as we pass by them i just
0: take her hand grab her hand pull it up and put my gold coin in it close her hand and walk away
1: she um, she seems quite startled when you grab her hand, uh, a little like shaken and, and looks as if she's about to lash out. And then she feels the coldness of the gold in her hand and, and she seems concerned for a moment. And then she glances at it and, and her gaze is fixed on the coin for like, she's almost disassociates for a moment, isn't quite even able to comprehend what's happening. And then she glances back over to you and she just, she doesn't say anything, but the, the thank you is so visible in her eyes and little, little kind of mistiness in her visage kind of quickly freezes in the air um she kind of wipes her eyes and seems a little shaken by the whole experience and she just she just mouths the words thank you really really visibly. and And, um i look back at her i like i just put it in and kind of
0: walk away and then i can you know i feel like she's like doing this i go gorka and company and just walk away
1: (laughs) (laughs) she uh she catches the words and she doesn't quite follow. And she says, um, you, you hear her saying, um, never mind kids. We're all gonna have a nice bowl of soup today. And we're gonna we're gonna get that bacon you've been talking about that we saw last week. That's today. Today's the day for the bacon. And we have Gorga and company to thank for it. So you head That's back out cute. the uh, <laughs> you head back out the northern gate of Uh, Bryn Shander. uh one gold piece lighter, and uh, perhaps a little lighter in your step for the joy that you have brought to one particular person. Uh, the same uh, pair of guards are on duty today. Uh, the the woman uh, nods to you folks, and uh, she says, "A see you have everything in order, licenses and weapons carried appropriately."
0: I and, pull uh, out my the... daggers
1: or my darts, and <laughs> yep. Tuck him back in the, uh, the other gentleman his brother just kind of rolls his eyes a little bit like, Good God, some fucking rules every day and, uh, mumbles something to himself. And she says, what was that? And he said, I was just saying, you, uh, you're, you're getting your job. And they, uh, they exchange glances for a moment. And, uh, she says, uh, I don't know why I married you. And, uh, you, you you continue further north, um, and you uh, you leave the road uh, that you would take back toward Targos, and turn uh, slightly eastward and northward toward the kind of shadowy darkness of Kelvin's Cairn, the the looming mountain that would have been impressively silhouetted by a sun were there such a thing here. It's uh it's difficult to see much in the kind of um, aurora-filled what passes for day in this experience, but the kind of green effervescence of the sky moving like a kind of spilt milk cloud uh, echoing strange twilight radiance through the darkness manages to show you that you are pointed fairly close to Kellen's Cairn and by your best reckoning are probably traveling the way you're supposed to be on the map. Any particular preparations for traveling along the tundra other than wearing the snowshoes anyone in the company would like to take?
2: I mean pull my furs and stuff a little tighter, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just pull it closer and go for it.
3: Yeah, I assume my snowshoe is fitted in tundra fashion
1: it is and remarkably well but you still pull you know your clothes your cold weather clothing a little closer against yourself um staggletooth and gorga uh can i get both of you to make for me um survival checks please
0: Who needs to do survival checks gorga and snaggletooth
4: oh, okay.
3: Wow, who would
1: have thought survival was all the way down in S? Eight in total. All right. Uh, Staggletooth, you're um, you're pretty fixated on the woundedness of your pride at having to use these snowshoes and how remarkably easy they make the walking across the snow. You, like, desperately don't want to admit it, but you you kind of watch your feet as you hit the kind of crunchiness, and the broad base of the snowshoe prevents you from sinking in even a little bit. And you're sure that this is going to be making you like maybe two or three times faster than you would be in this tundra normally. Like, it makes such an incredible difference. And uh, you don't look up at all during your walking. Meanwhile, Gorga, you've, um, you've been in the north for some time and you've noticed cloud patterns and a darkening of the sky, even in night, that changes from a clearness to a kind of murkiness the um aurora surfacing kind of seems to fade as if uh like heavy dark cloud covers moving in the area um you suspect a blizzard will be upon you soon
2: how far up from the town are we at the point that i see this
1: maybe an hour maybe two
2: so far enough away to where I can't just say, let's go bunker down.
1: You could. I travel an the, hour or two south in a blizzard?
2: I'll just Same save point. the group. Uh, I'll, I'll make them all aware of it. Um, seems there's a blizzard coming. Don't know how long we have, but hope you're ready. Do we turn back or do we face the wind?
0: Will we get back in town before the blizzard gets here? no okay then we hunker down
1: all right um talk to me about your process of hunkering down uh are you going to continue to sort of press on toward the cairn are you intending to try to take some kind of shelter what's the what's the process
2: on the surroundings what are we around
1: uh well it's the tundra so it's like the prairies but snow um It's fairly flat, uh, relatively devoid of tree or shrubbery. Um, You haven't seen any kind of rocks, but there are um, kind of moguls or sort of like um, divots in the snow that form like small kind of rises from time to time that would maybe be similar to a hill.
2: But no like discernible caverns, caves, as you said, no trees, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, you know... There's a reason they didn't build the road here. Well,
2: then my, my idea is that, you know, walking on top of the snow is going to be a whole lot better than sitting still where it can bury us.
1: Okay. Um, you continue marching toward the cairn. Uh, the blizzard descends upon you, reducing visibility to 10, maybe 15 feet. Uh, the cairn vanishes from view as the blowing snow and howling winds start to engulf you. Uh, any adjustments, concerns, issues, plans, changes?
2: Oh, I want to make sure that we're going the right direction
0: still.
1: Okay. Um, can I get everyone to make a perception check with disadvantage? Follow up question: Does anyone not have blindsight? Uh-huh.
3: Is blindsight something that would be under our feats uh, and traits?
1: Uh, yeah, sometimes under your like perception section of the the character sheet too. Okay. Um.
0: My best is uh or actually my worst I should say is a fourteen for perception.
1: All right. Um that's actually really good. Um, so Blanche, I, if if you look uh Jackie and your character sheet underneath like saving throws, there's like um passive perception, passive int, passive wisdom, and then underneath that there'll be like a listed series of senses. Um if it doesn't uh, say anything.
4: And now, now. I, okay. I don't have anything. And I rolled an eight.
1: Alright. Uh so I got an eight from Gorga, a fourteen um from uh Tomlin. Arjun, you got an eight as well? Yes. And Stegletooth ten, with that was with disadvantage?
4: Yes. Um okay. I only have
1: dark vision. Which, Correct, yes. I only have dark vision also. I
4: don't have any additional senses.
1: Okay, cool. Uh so it's it's fairly dark, uh, but normally you're able to see by like like a torch or um a light, uh, fairly quickly as the blizzard starts, it blows out any sources of open flame. Does anyone have any um, magical or weather-resistant forms of creating light? If there's an
2: elemental around, we do.
1: It also does, uh, oil will light the lantern. It is, it is an operable lantern, but you'd need some oil. Arjun, do you have oil? Can you light that lantern?
3: Oh, yeah, oil. I have a lantern in my uh, gear, so I will light yep. my lantern, too. Nice.
1: I,
4: I, yes, I do have oil. I, I shuffle through my, my bag of holding and pull out some oil and light the lantern.
1: Nice. So Arjun and Steckletooth both have lit lanterns that they're holding, um, and that light is is fairly bright and keeping you all kind of fairly well together for a bit. Um, After a few moments, uh, Tomlin and Staggletooth, you realize you are both uh, nearby to the Lantern, continuing to move in the direction that you think is the Cairn, but you are alone. Arjun and Gorga do not appear to be with you. They have perhaps wandered off in the blizzard. Why did they do that?
3: Uh I, my lantern's bright enough to follow. Do we turn back for the fools?
0: How about yell? Wait, can you Ooh. howl really loud?
3: I have a special roar that I typically don't do in front of your kind, but for this situation, I think I may. Uh, Leonin's have a um, a roar Sick. that is more or less a combat thing, but I think I could use it fluff-wise. It's nice uh, like a very loud, billowing... Um
2: rawr, rawr. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give us uh it's it's a daunting roar. Uh, you let out a menacing roar. Uh Chris, within ten feet. If you adhere, you must succeed at a wisdom saving throw, become frightened. Nice. Uh what is your constitution modifier, Jackie? My
3: con modifier is plus three. Dang. Plus
1: three, right. Nice. And your proficiency bonus is plus two, is that right? yes okay so that's uh that's a plus five to, to make it a dc of 13 to resist that frightening i'm gonna say um you can uh you can reduce the perception check to find the group again by five points based on the power of that roar um, but it's there's still there's still literally a blizzard going on so the volume is very very loud um and normally i would provide disadvantage uh unless right now you can give me a sub- Sufficiently impressive roar to make me not do that. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> it's actually
3: very loud at my house.
0: It's actually, it
1: muffled <laughs> you. The Zoom shut you down a little bit because it was too loud. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Uh, without disadvantage, uh, Gorga and Arjun, can I get you please to make me a perception check to relocate your group?
3: My husband's in the bedroom. He's probably like, "What is going on down there?"
1: <laughs> Thanks. A good time. Fifteen. And Arjun. Six. That's uh, that's no disadvantage. Net result six. Correct. Okay. Um. So Gorga, you hear the roar, and you're like, "Arjun, did you hear that?" And they're like, "No." And you're like, "No, I swear, I heard like." <laughs> like a blood-curdling scream. And you're like, I don't think so. That's probably just the wind.
2: Uh, well, looking around and seeing as we're missing the cats. we should probably go that way.
4: I, I will trust your instincts.
1: <laughs> All right, so Arjun, Gorga kind of grabs your branch and uh, you, you sort of head off in that direction. And eventually you get to like within 30 feet of each other and you're able to see each other's respective lanterns and you kind of reunite um and you're you're together again
2: good thinking snaggletooth
4: reunited anytime so out of character Thomas which was branch did. was grabbed
1: oh dealer's choice <laughs> <laughs> let's just say um it was an uprooting experience <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so um after uh you've reunited um the group can pick one person to kind of deliberately follow um and i'm gonna get that person to make a survival check to kind of be continuing in the correct direction you're a bit disoriented who would you like to be your leader
0: i've been in the wilderness for quite some
1: time I mean, your your mind kind of is a wilderness, so I, uh, that tracks.
0: It's only the person I'm talking to.
1: I grew up here too.
3: Yes, but you're always the leader, Gorga.
2: That's true. <laughs> Go ahead, Snaggletooth. You have got the lantern. You own it.
3: I suppose I do have a plus three in survival. That's that's a fun nomadic term. But you know. Tomlin really wants this.
0: I'm going to get us so fucking lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, By Tomlin. Note,
2: this is the first time Tomlin has taken the lead in
1: anything. Tomlin and it. company. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, Tomlin, where do you lead Gorgon and company?
0: Uh, it, well, where we're supposed to go. I'm going to try to lead us where we're supposed to go. So um, I'll march off in that direction guessing that it's that way. That's a good guess. What's your survival result? Uh, My survival result is a one. No.
1: (laughs) 24! (laughs) Okay. Um, You travel following Tomlin's incredibly confident direction for hours. Oh, pardon me a little, uh, little coffee there. This is definitely a 2020 faux pop. I'm going to get a glass of water. We'll leave you in suspense for a moment.
3: <laughs> so we're in a blizzard. Which would make it hard to sneak up on the Yeti.
0: No, it should make it a lot easier to sneak up on the Yeti.
3: Oh, yeah. Or it makes it easier for him to sneak up on us. And I feel like I assume Yetis are like more likely to be out during snowstorms than like, I'm going to say sunny days, but you know, typically warm warmer, twilighty days.
2: Yeah, turns out blizzards really suck to travel through.
0: Yeah,
1: just a little. Alright, so... We will run to the Yeti and it's Krampus. After three hours of traveling through the goddamn blizzard in the tundra <clears throat> in snowshoes, Tomlin crests a snow-covered ridge just as the clouds part and the sky is clear you see almost directly in front of you a frozen dismembered corpse in a small gully snow from the blizzard covers some of the kind of gory bits but there's a headless torso and severed limbs are visible You can see tracks in the snow all around the corpse from very recently, um, perhaps just after the snow uh, settled down and the blizzard cleared. So quite fresh. Um, And those tracks indicate that they were left behind by a sled that was presumably hauled away. The body dwarven? Sled tracks. The body is dwarven. Although it's Its more defining characteristic is probably mostly eaten.
2: So, these tracks, do they look like normal dwarf feet? Do they look like people
4: feet?
1: Yeah, survival check.
3: I don't know if it's inherently like a survival or a wilderness check, but. I would like Seven. to examine. Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. Sorry, what was the result there? I missed it. Seven. Seven. Okay, so so they could be yeti tracks. It's very likely. Staglistis, um, what was the question you are asking? I
3: apologize. I didn't realize he was still rolling there. Um, the sleigh tracks. Uh, is there a way to take it, make a check to see if we could tell if the sleigh was inherently very heavy from oh,
1: totally. iron? Yeah. Yeah. Make me um make me a, a survival check as well. Or a nature check if you prefer. Either one would work. A fifteen
3: for survival, that seems pretty adequate.
1: Oh, that's great. Um, so you uh, you get right down to the snow and you even like sniff some of it a little bit just to get a sense of smell. You feel the depressions and the pressure in the snow, you're quite sure that the sled was enormously heavy. Maybe like maybe like a thousand pounds. um and the uh the tracks around it um there are six distinct sets of snowshoe tracks but they're small snowshoe tracks quite a bit smaller than the snowshoes you're using gorga explains um that he's been in the north for a long time and these almost certainly look like yeti tracks
3: do yetis make friends with small folk I am perplexed.
1: The tracks lead uh, to the south.
2: Small folk, what do you mean?
3: So, the markings of the sleigh indicate the sleigh was very heavy, which means it's likely the one we were looking for, unless there are multiple sleighs of ironing. It's just rolling around the mountainside. Uh, but the tracks with the sleigh are tiny for snowshoes not including S- the yeti tracks
2: small snowshoe prints, dead dwarf this is not good
0: so it's a dwarven yeti jurger
2: Dark dwarves.
0: Dwarven Yeti. I've never heard of a dwarven yeti before.
2: Not dark not a yeti. <laughs> if I had to guess, I would say this is the dwarf dwarf. Am I the only one that knows of these?
3: Yes. Perhaps
1: uh anyone who wants can make um make a knowledge check knowledge history would do it Mm, knowledge religion probably wouldn't knowledge arcana might and knowledge nature probably could let me know what kind of check you're making at the mention of the two
4: i did an arcana and i got 20.
1: Okay. Um, Arjun, you're familiar with uh, the Dwegar, the Dark Dwarves, um, or the Grey Dwarves? They're a kind of deeply vilified offshoot of the Shield Dwarves that you've known in this part of the world. It wasn't your understanding that they were native to this area. Your belief was that they, they lived very, very far underground. Um, where they uh, they have they have powerful magics that allow them both to enlarge themselves, sometimes to, to render themselves invisible and to uh, to be kind of powerful tricksters. Uh, the things you've learned about the way they use those magics are that they they are rarely kind with them.
4: I yeah. I hesitate for a moment and I say that we should all be careful of our moves. Anyone else
2: make a roll there?
0: I got a five.
1: I got a three. Dwarves um, probably become dark dwarves when they don't get a lot of sun, so it makes sense if they were here because of the dark. (laughs)
0: You mean there's no sun here that doesn't come up?
1: Correct. <laughs> Gorga and company and sun. <laughs> That's the eventual party goal.
2: Gorga actually at this point is getting pretty frustrated at seeing this now that he's noticed that they are not uh, yeti prints. Um, he is going to speak in giant and just say what the hell happened and just start heading towards the direction that they went rather rapidly.
1: Okay, uh, you're heading south and with the snowshoes, it's not difficult to uh, to track this, this group. Um, you travel for... Maybe 15, 20 minutes before you crest a ridge following these super obvious tracks. Um, And uh, and there is, well, there's a sight. Uh, You see six small statured creatures, uh, all of them groaning, grunting, and loudly cursing as they make efforts to haul a bulky sled toward what appears to be a 20 foot tall wagon parked in the snow um harnessed to the wagon are two roaring polar bears who look deeply unhappy the creatures that you've been following on snowshoes appear to be goblins
2: you don't happen to see any markings on this giant wagon that we recognize
1: No, no, this is a, this is a yet unrecognized wagon. Uh, it, uh, it does not uh, bear the uh, gold wolf on a standard that you would have seen before. That's important. And it's much, much larger than that wagon would have been And uh, the polar bears seem very, very upset. One of the goblins A one-eared goblin woman uh, sitting in the wagon, not grunting or working particularly hard, turns, looks at you over the ridge, and calls out, does anyone speak goblin? Negative. She calls out a series of tersely worded staccato statements, kind of yipping in, in an intense and unfamiliar tongue to the folk around her, who then turn and rush to the wagon to grab weapons, and then she yells out in the common tongue, fairly fluently, although with a little bit of strange brokenness, Ah, friends! We have company, and they're here to steal our ore. Release the bears! And that's our session. Oh, Happy Christmas, everyone. I did not make- <laughs> want to kill some goblins.
3: We have to beat up sad
1: bears! I
0: wanted to kill Goblin.
1: All right, that's us, everyone.
0: Mm,
1: Enjoy your holiday. Guys,
0: um, you probably won't know this, but uh, we will have more episodes. We have planned these out to give us when we get a break. You can continue to get them. Uh, We will uh, catch y'all on the next episode. Have a good night. Here comes the music. Everybody dance. I just picture myself that when Gorga dies, i use his skull as a puppet. This so is like, Gorga, I'm still. Alas, poor Gorga. We
1: do have a issue.
4: I can honestly see this happening. Just about walking <laughs> around with a puppet head. Yeah. <laughs>